Greetings Padawans and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. And don't forget about Juder Fred and everyone's favorite rebel, Ziskeg. Um, 12, 11, 3, 2, 1, spread them. What up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Archives podcast. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be talking some Star Wars today, specifically the Ahsoka show, because, you know, it's coming out real soon. By the time this is out, you guys will probably have already seen the first episode. But, um, yeah, we're excited, right, guys? We are very excited. And this is going to be a two-parter. First yeah. part is going to be before the Ahsoka show. Second part is going to be after the Ahsoka show. Because, of course, we come out on a Wednesday. You'll be getting our review for the Ahsoka show as soon as we get it. So, with that all being said, today... We are welcomed back by our boy MJ, Fred, and ain't nobody cuter than the Judah. And of course, my name <laughs> is So Tebow, and we are out here today on the Archives podcast. How y'all been? How y'all been? Been a good well, week? It's been good. Yeah, it's been a good week, you know. Feeling a lot better now. Stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and that's always good to hear. Uh, MJ, how you been? Mike was muted. I've been good. I've been good. Uh, kids are about to start school, you know, so it's uh, definitely wild. Fun times. Yeah. You celebrate. You better have some time off throughout the day. <laughs> I've been good too, you know. That's good to Put hear. out that Anakin video this week. Been working on that I for a that. fat minute. Yeah. And now that just opens my mind to a bunch of other stuff that I'd like to do. Um, speaking of stuff that I'd like to do, Juder, how you doing, buddy? I am being chillin'. How's that Another new? beautiful work week finish. Yep. Life is good. Winter's coming. Can't yep. wait. I'm actually hyped because I have an extended weekend because I have Monday off. I was supposed to have Tuesday off, but they gave me Monday off for some reason, which kind of sucks because I wanted to be like watching Ahsoka as it drops. But it, as of right now, we're looking at I'm off at nine o'clock, so three hours late, but it is what it is. I'll, I'll be able to come home and watch it. Um, but it's going to be a really yeah. exciting week. Really exciting week. We have two episodes of Ahsoka. Of course, there's always tons of discourse and conversations that goes on afterwards. So it's one of those times which we haven't had in a long time. We haven't had a, a brand new Star Wars show in a long time. It's been a minute. So the first question I want to pose to you guys for our discussion today is... What was the one Star Wars show that you were most excited for? Season 3 Mando, and Ooh. I was extremely <laughs> let down. Hey, you're not the only one, man. Season 3 Mando sucked. Keep bringing it up, and I'm going to keep saying <laughs> that show fucking sucked. It did. 
they thought that oh, we really man. wanted a reunion. It was basically a reunion show, bringing back everyone's favorite characters. Oh, here's Bo-Katan. Oh, boy, Grogu's back. Woo! 2% is rise up. <laughs> <laughs> I was never... I mean, I think I was excited, right? I think I was excited. But at the same time, it was just one of those shows where I was also cautious because it wasn't much of a there wasn't much of a chance for the show to succeed when they brought Grogu back because what are you like plausibly gonna do with the dude you know so Money. yeah and they kind of reverted back to square one of season one and they brought back the same villain and it's like damn so we're right back where we started and yeah but he got some shiny armor yeah <laughs> He's got a cool-ass <laughs> helmet, too. Hel helmet that he never takes off. Now we get, now we get Mim and Swiggo. Yay. I am Gus. Oh, you're talking about Gideon. Okay. Yep. Yeah, the double villain uh, headliner, you know? Yep, that's true. Gideon's cool in my books, man. I got nothing against Gideon. The only thing that, like, bothers me about Gideon is how he just let all of his clones die. <laughs> like, he didn't give a damn. You killed my hey, children. Bro. My clones. And oh, okay. at the same point, he was trying to make four sensitive clones. Mm -hmm. So is that like a... Is that like a dialing it to the future and trying to explain why Palpatine could make four sensitive clones? Or was that like just something they were trying to do? Because I think they keep having to... This is what I've noticed, right? Because the sequels are fucking... They're shambles. They're not terrible movies. They're just... They don't go together. <laughs> it's a broken roller coaster. It is, exactly. And I yeah, feel like they keep having to like pick up its slack and pick up where it keeps falling off and it's always been canon in star wars that you can't clone force sensitives like you can't make a clone from a force sensitive you can't make a force sensitive clone and all of a sudden you can do it well in legend star killer was or the the second version of star killer was a clone but that hearing that they're making it force sensitive gives me really high hopes like we will one day see star killer in canon i hope so man fingers crossed you know what i'm saying well actually what i learned palpatine's clones weren't clones they were a brand new technology called strand casting so mm -hmm. and what strand casting is is you take samples of dna and you replicate it to a you just make it with a a potential donor and that's why palpatine's kid wasn't exactly a clone of him and it was just a random redhead but i also felt like <laughs> that's another instance of trying to make up for what the sequels did and i gotta be honest like to me this ahsoka show the heir to the empire era that we're entering that's my sequel 
because it really is the sequel to episode six, whereas the sequels are kind of just off doing their own thing with sprinkled in characters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, Fred, if you were going to, let's say, Dave Filoni retires tomorrow and they fly you to Lucasfilm and they say, we're going to put you in charge. Where we're at right now, without even seeing the Ahsoka show, what would your plans be for an upcoming, let's say they wanted a trilogy, and let's say you have an hour to figure it out. What would you... What would you make a trilogy Damn, an of? Hour? Yeah. What would you make a trilogy um, of? An hour. Um, I mean, I'd obviously just have to kind of brainstorm. Uh, one of the main things I try to like hit is just like the not pandering to like this whole like, oh, we gotta be like new gen culture. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep it to something that Star Wars fans want. Bro, I'm trying to keep the politics to purely Star Wars. I'm not bringing any real world politics into it. You know how I feel about that. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Um, yeah, the trilogy it would have to be based off of completely new people as well. I think Star Wars needs to just kind of step away from the uh, from the oh Luke Skywalker and uh, Anakin Skywalker. We've had enough of them. You know, let's get some new characters, give them some actual personalities, develop them as well, by the way, mm -hmm. in a way that we can at the very least, like, not just say, oh, well, they just became powerful for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So it have to be three completely new characters. That would be my pitch, essentially, is we're going to steer away from Rey, away from Finn. We're going to a whole new trilogy. I like so that. I feel like I think, that's the best route. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best way we can do this. Yeah. I think in the given moment, I think... Because, like, yeah. Probably is the best yeah. route because of just the sour taste that the sequels left in people's minds. Whether you like the sequels or you hated them, yeah. e either way, like, you kind of have to have the awareness of how it turned out because obviously like i i enjoy the characters of the sequels but i think the writing was awful i think the directing was terrible and i never really understood where they were trying to go with it i mean i think really they just didn't have a chance off rip because the force awakens albeit it's a good movie it doesn't really accomplish anything because the entire time it's yeah it's a retro movie like it's literally just doing what has worked and has it didn't establish anything other than ray is powerful with the force i think in the force yeah, awakens from yeah it should have told us who she is what she is and it needed something more because it did feel a bit empty. It did feel a bit empty. Um, oh, for sure. hundred percent. And everything that they uh, had, they kind of squandered because what it had was Snoke discourse. Who is Snoke? What is Snoke? Where does this guy come from? Yeah. Who are uh, Ray's parents? When you really think about it, right? Like, yeah. 
episode one, we know who Anakin is by yep. the time episode one is done. By the end of episode four, we know who Luke Skywalker is. By the end of episode seven, we don't know who Rey is. Nope. <laughs> like we know Rey, we know Rey, but like we don't know anything about her. All we know is that she's running from the First Order, trying to get this droid back to the Resistance. You mm-hmm. know, that's it. I want to know more about Rey. Yeah, and her story kind of fell a bit flat too, because what they tried to do with a character arc, having different writers and different directors who were both kind of beefing with each other they killed off each other's ideas and it kind of just left the audience with nothing to really prosper with because the biggest thing like the two biggest things coming out of those movies were who is snoke and who are ray's parents yep and what did they do in episode eight ray's parents are nobodies and and snoke dies yeah like I was so mad at that movie. Yeah. I actually stood up, up out of my chair and yelled, and I'd never done that in a movie yeah. in my life. <laughs> like, I was livid, dude. And I was like, yo, this guy can literally force choke people galaxies away through hologram calls <laughs> and just is just offed. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, the, I just, know your every uh, move, Kylo, gets killed by Kylo anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable, man. So I'm just, I'm hoping that, and I, I have a good, I have such a good feeling for the Ahsoka show because it's Dave Filoni's baby. Like he literally created Ahsoka with George out of thin air and everything to ever do with Ahsoka. He's had a, he's had like the executive control and I'm 95% sure that he owns the rights to Ahsoka and Disney has to license it because Ahsoka was a creation before Disney had the the purchase. So I'm I'm super, super hype and super thankful that he's creating the show. I know I'm kind of cock smuggling right now, but at the same time, Rebels was a great show. Clone Wars was a fantastic show. And every episode of Mandalorian he's had a touch in has been great you know so i'm i'm genuinely excited for this stuff and it just goes to show like if you can hang on to a sliver of hope for a show that you're looking forward to i think it's okay to be excited for these things but the unfortunate thing is when you get let down by things you're excited for shit sucks yep shit sucks so I'm cautiously optimistic, but I hate that I have to be. You know what I mean? 100%. Feels like you are going to the cafeteria on pizza day, and they got, like, turkey sandwiches. And you're like, what the hell? I thought it was pizza day. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, where's my pizza dog? (laughs) Yeah. I wish that we got a little bit more of a a little bit more of a what's it called marketing campaign for Ahsoka, but obviously with the the strikes going on oh, and stuff, cool. I know that it's damn near impossible to do. But if um, 
if it comes out that you know ahsoka's not a it's not doing like big numbers but it's a great show would that sway any opinions of you guys regarding as long what? as i'm enjoying the content bro i'm chilling okay like if it didn't if it if the viewership wasn't high right but the show's fantastic would that alter your opinions on it? Because that's kind of where people are at with Andor. Because Andor didn't have high viewership in the slightest. But it was maybe one of the best written Star Wars projects Disney has done. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd still, as you said, if it's good content, I'm still going to watch it. Like, mm -hmm. it, even if it doesn't bring in big numbers. Like, Star Wars yeah i've never been one that like holds my opinions on the opinions of others either it's just unfortunate when people do that because it's like you're really discounting this really great show simply because people aren't watching it like they're not watching it because it's a bad show they're not watch they're opting not to watch it because look at what they did with every other prominent character that anyone's ever had a feeling towards like look what they did to boba fett you know boba fett was a side character in his own show and i know it's the mando verse but at the same time like this is boba freaking fett mando is boba fett had to like sprint so mando could walk if there's no Boba True. Fett, there's no Mandalorian. If there's no Boba Fett, there's no Jango Fett. There's no Mandalorian. Boba's that guy. Boba is the OG original Mandalorian. And here we are with a show that really, like, I'll call a spade a spade. Mandalorian was only popular because we were in lockdown. You know, we didn't have any other Star Wars post- rogue one that people loved and they're like oh we'll give this a go people literally thought it was a boba fett show i mean mando season one i thought was pure magic season two was great giving us a dark trooper and as we've repeated season three was just worse than dog shit it yeah can't even yeah. be called that it was a dumpster fire i really yeah, yeah sure. and i'll give that to you i really enjoyed what mando season one did but I haven't felt the same magic since Mando season one. It's felt so weird and it's just gone away from everything. And I think that is literally because there are so many hands in the pot now. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a successful brand. I want to get a piece of it. So now every Tom, Dick and Harry are trying to direct an episode. And we've seen with all the different directors that have had a episode on mando the deborah chows who she did i mean i don't know why she got the kenobi show but she got the kenobi show the goofus who did thor and he kind of signed his own death wish by asking natalie portman if she ever wanted to be in a star wars project like um, a watiti yeah that's his name. I couldn't think of his name on the spot. But, like, there's just too many hands in the pot where 
in George Lucas's Star Wars, sure, he hired outside directors, but it was directors that he trusted and he personally chose. Whereas Star Wars... Job <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is kind of just like, oh, you know, you're so-and-so's friend. Do you want to do a Star Wars? Like, no, I think that people should earn this. I think it should be so earned. Like... There's a reason why Steven Spielberg hasn't done a Star Wars because it's an embarrassing IP to get your hands on with the people that are currently involved with it. You know, if you don't have... You're telling me <laughs> you didn't enjoy Jack Black and Lizzo? No, I did not <laughs> enjoy Wars? Jack Black and Lizzo. Doc Brown was the MVP, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> yeah, they had Christopher frickin' Lloyd and they waste him in that episode, man. It's just... True. <laughs> So many great things about what the Mandalorian was got squandered in season three. And it's to the point where Mando season four, it got confirmed it's going to come out as a series instead of a movie. The movie rumors got squandered. I couldn't care less about Mando season four. It's legitimately going to be one of those shows that I'll watch because it's Star Wars, but fuck me, I'm not gonna enjoy it. I am not here Fingers for it. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed we get something good out of this. Please. I have a question for everybody. What are we saying? Shoot. Since we're on the topic of directors, mm -hmm. who is one director you would like to see make a Star Wars movie or show? I mean, after watching... Any director ever. Just anybody. Anyone. After watching Oppenheimer, I would love Christopher Nolan. That would be a huge take. Because he's good. That's what I mean. Like, he... I think he would do it justice if uh, Christopher Nolan did partake. But I don't know if he would. That's the thing. I don't know if it's his cup of tea, you know? Yeah, because I know he doesn't like doing special effects. Which, you'd have to give him a show... I think centered around drama and storytelling more than a kind of lightsaber duel. So it would have to probably be a like I think a Christopher. Are we talking movies or shows here? Either one. Choice is yours. I think a Christopher Nolan Plagueis movie showing the political pulling of the strings behind the that would scenes. Be would be gas. That would um, be fire. And I have another one, but I'll let you guys answer because I don't want to steal it. Because I think I might steal it. For me, oh, yeah. it's between Quentin Tarantino or Wes Anderson. What's Wes Anderson oh, done? He I'm is unfamiliar the, with his game. He did Fantastic Mr. Fox. The Grand Budapest Hotel, The French Dispatch. It was um that one movie I sh uh, screen shared. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is this gig, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is Grand Admiral Thun. Um, Fuck. Tarantino. I I do enjoy Tarantino. I didn't like Pulp. I'll be honest. Pulp Fiction to me sucks. I like Tarantino, though. 
what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yeah. You don't like The Matrix. You no. don't like Pulp Fiction. I like John Wick. I, I watched John Wick. So, uh, relating to John Wick, I was going to say, and this also goes back to like if I had an hour, you know, to throw out a pitch. Um, give me the director for John Wick and a KOTOR trilogy. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then if that's successful, you bust out KOTOR 2 trilogy. So Wait, six movies. Can I ask a question? Sure. <laughs> KOTOR trilogy. Are you following the path of the game or are you using it as inspiration? Using some similar characters, but telling a preempted new story, like a canon story. So I feel it. I feel with the latter, that's what the video game curse is when they try to make video games into adaptations. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if you stick to the script and it's done very well, just like how it was, people will still be satisfied, I think. I don't think there would be riots, but that's my take on it. Who would you cast as Revan, Bastila, and Malik? <sighs> So Revan, I mean, there's been concepts of like Keanu playing as Revan. Um, that'd be one I'm probably for um, him or someone else. But um, for Basti, it'd have to be someone on, say, like Scarlett Johansson's level with combat training and mm -hmm. such, because she played Black Widow. Um, and then Malik, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a giant right now who could be bald and have a metal jaw. Batista. <laughs> I don't think he's that tall. Like, Malik was seven foot. Like, or was it Malgus? Batista's 6'4". That's actually so big. <laughs> Ma Batista could do Malgus. Yeah, True. for sure. What about bald John Cena as Malik? <laughs> <laughs> but then we wouldn't be able to see Malik, though. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, my thoughts exactly. Where's the villain? <laughs> um, oh, what about me, dude from uh, Split? James Split? McAvoy. Yeah, oh, he'd be yeah. a good. He'd be a good Malik. I, I feel like he would. I think he's he also get short. Into... I think. Is he? I hope. I not. think so. I think he's pretty. I think he's like five something. He's five seven. Thomas <laughs> McAvoy. Ah, uh, mustard. What about Tom Hardy? No, so, Tom Hardy should play Bane. He should play Bane. I was. I think he did. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So I. Ooh. off topic but i finished watching twisted metal and uh there's a character who has a mask and is voiced by someone else mm -hmm. i feel talk about that joe yeah so i think the great college that wrestler could play malik and just have him voiced by someone else he could have probably 10 years ago but that man's hips are gone <laughs> Jeez. true that man's hips he is are out gone. of shape as well you know what I would actually like to do, and what I would like, what I'd really appreciate, Aaron Judge as Darth Malak. <laughs> Genuinely, and then, this is, no, this isn't even like a joke either. I think bro would fit the character. 
I think he kind of looks like him a little bit. He'd have to shave his head, and you'd have to film it in the offseason, obviously. But I think that would be a, a sick, sick interpretation of Darth Malik. Um, for anyone wondering who Aaron Judge is, he's a baseball player for the New York Yankees, by the way. Yeah. So. What if they had Brock Lesnar in that joint? But what I'd actually do Holy. is I would revert back to what George Lucas did and hire unknown actors because I think that is the best way that you can actually create stars. You don't want to bring in stars because then it takes you out of the it takes you out of the universe. And when you're going as far back as Kotor, you don't want to like turn the corner and see Brad Pitt standing there, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're just throwing dudes in to throw dudes in, you know, like now nah. Yeah, and get some like just really good fitting people for the roles. I get Forget it. about star power, man. It's yeah. Star Wars. You'll you'll draw. Star, yep, Star Wars is the star power. Star Wars. I guarantee there's a six foot nine goofball from Oklahoma right now that could fit Malik perfectly. You know, there's a there's a right. there's a baddie from Germany who could easily be Bastila. Simple things like that. But I think a KOTOR trilogy would be That's fucking cool. gas. Absolute gas. Don't make it a TV show. It's got to be a movie straight off the rip. Yeah, I do think so. Um, Fred, director. Yeah. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. He already worked with Adam Driver and Black Klansman. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Spike Lee. <laughs> It's gonna Star Wars, a Spike yeah. Lee joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A racist Kylo Ren show, tracking down Finn. <laughs> <laughs> a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> um, my second one, though, that I was gonna say, and this would probably have this would be an heir to the Empire one, actually. It would be a battle. I would want to do a space battle or maybe a interplanetary battle. Michael fucking Bay doing like a, a Thrawn led battle against the New Republic. Have Luke Skywalker oh, fly yeah. in on an X Wing, do like a backflip, land on the bridge, be like, what's good with it? That'd be, that'd be sick. And then, and then the best part about it is you're guaranteed a sequel because. You have a cliffhanger at the end with some Linkin Park song. So give me It'd fit in perfectly, man. I, you know, like it's it's so weird that they don't try and just make new Star Wars. Like, I wonder what those conversations are like in the towers, because I'm sure with Disney, like, because they don't. The only minds for Star Wars that they really have are Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and maybe Sam Witwer when he's actually there. Um, you, uh, you guys ever seen that one meme? It's like a bunch of guys in an office room, and they're all like coming up with ideas for new stuff, and they all come up with like really bland stuff, and then one guy comes up with like the crazy idea. And and, uh, and then the the boss throws him out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what's happening, bro. <laughs> and like he's like talking about a new idea. He's like, oh, let's do something innovative. I feel like they're scared to try new things because of failure. 
That and I just don't think that oh, they have yeah. the creative Especially minds the there to do that, you know? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Do you know how many books I've read? And it's like, why are these people like Matthew Stover? He writ he wrote the Revenge of the Sith novel. He wrote the Shatterpoint novel. He wrote Luke Skywalker and the Shadows of Mindor. He he wrote the Tenebrous Way. The dude literally covered from Darth Tenebris to fucking Luke Skywalker. How do you not have this guy writing Star Wars, man? Like, he's worked on screenplays. He's worked on movies. What's the what's the ambition here if you're not trying to hire the best of the best to create shows and movies and content and games that people want to engulf? Like, Star Wars fans want Star Wars. I've never understood why they've held back and held such a, like, I think Judah's right. They have to be scared to fail. But at the same time, like, I'm sure George Lucas was scared to fail. He paid for the original Star Wars by himself. It's got to be absolutely scary as shit. But in life, man, you just have to take those chances and... I guarantee nine Star Wars fans out of ten would say, give me a KOTOR trilogy. Give me a Starkiller show. Let me know what, like, give me a show with young Palpatine. Nine out of ten would do it. So why are you not trying to develop that kind of stuff? Yeah, and the tenth person who says no, the other end up beating him up. Exactly. Keep quiet. It's like that nine out of ten <laughs> dentist, like, God, just agree with us, man. Yeah, I think that tenth person was voting for the new Ray movie. Yeah. I'm not even opposed to the new Ray movie, man. Because I think a, a, Ray can be well written. I think Ray is probably the literally the easiest character to write. She's the Killed granddaughter of Palpatine, <laughs> dog. And they didn't like. Obviously, they teased us with the Dark Ray. You know that. You love Sith Ray. But how do you not turn Ray rather than turn Kylo? Like, why did the light have to win? Because if Ray fell to the dark, you have three more movies to make. But instead, you kill off Kylo and you never even, like. You never even change Ray. Ray's the same character from episode eight to nine. What do you mean? She picked up a last name. Fair, you know, it is fair. But I just don't understand why they never tested Ray. Like Ray was this concrete ruler that never broke, never bent. And Kylo was this ruler that was made out of like sugar, you know? It just, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. Kylo deserved better. That's the like single reason why I'm writing my book is because Kylo deserves so much better than he got to dealt to him, man. It really like irritates me. It really pisses me off. Cuz Adam Driver put in a fucking shift for that character, man. He became Kylo Ren. And it's like oh, who read the script and was like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. Get the film. (laughs) Fuck, man. It really bothers me. 
So yeah, I, I mean, I want to. I still think I want to know when through uh, Mark Hamill's head when Ryan Johnson told him to toss his the lightsaber over his shoulder because that was another really irritating point for me watching that movie. Me too. Like I under I. I understood why he did it, right? Because it's his father's lightsaber. That's kind of when he was conflicted himself. But at the same time, like, bro, that's your dad's lightsaber. And it, yeah, like, fuck that. I, I'm, I'm really guessing that Ryan Johnson's father just hates him or something. Like it had to have been the last memory of his dad, right? Because I don't think he kept anything. He just, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. It's really weird. He's got the fact that his arm's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing you that also, I can't really talk too much about what I'm doing with it, but the thing that always made me wonder, like, what the hell happened? We never see Luke with his green lightsaber beyond the flashbacks and I'm like what the hell is up with that so I'm doing something with that in my book but yeah when he threw that fucking lightsaber I was just like what the fuck because that cliffhanger in The Force Awakens is like holy shit Luke Skywalker is back the dog is back and then, and then he's just like nope I'm not Luke. And I think Mark even says it himself. Like, is that Jake Skywalker? Is that John Skywalker? Like, that's not Luke. Luke would never do that. So I'm thinking there has to, like, there has to be a plausible reason for Luke to... Because you can't think about, like... You can't say, oh, Luke wouldn't do that. He did it. So why did he do it? And I think the plausible reason has to be a cocktail of he failed his family, he almost killed his nephew, and I want to say there has to be some sort of Mara Jade tie-in here in canon. Like Mara even left him or something. Mara died, so he just wanted nothing to do with people. Maybe... Like, he married Mara in secret, because he's a Jedi. And maybe the New Republic executed her. Because we know that the New Republic executed Imperial war criminals. Right? So, surely... Han Solo. I think Mara Jade has to make an appearance at some point, if we ever want to make that Luke Skywalker make sense. True. Yeah, there's so much we miss out between episode six and seven, you know? Yeah, and it just it boggles my mind, man. It so boggles my mind. Do you guys think that we'll ever get Mara Jade in canon? We have to at some point, right? If they want to keep talking about Luke Skywalker, they kind of have to talk about her at some point, you know? It's similar with Starkiller. It's really similar with Starkiller. I think if we get one, we'll get the other. But... I don't know, man. What do you think, MJ? You seem conflicted. I don't... Mara Jade, I don't really... I don't know. It's hot touch for them to touch in many ways. Like, um... How would she arrive? Like, could she arrive in the Ahsoka show? Like, it's... Like, there... 
it's something like you would need an hour to really dive on to like mm -hmm. that sort of topic you know it's like she was luke's wife she was also working with the emperor um so maybe it won't even happen in the ahsoka show because the emperor is you know dead or whatever but um it's a very touchy subject with mara jade i think like they have to specifics you know like i got you bro yeah they out, can't. right ahsoka has a flashback she's talking to luke right they're at a uh, pie eating contest right <laughs> and who walks in but to none other than uh she's my <laughs> and it's uh mara jade walking in, in like a tight fit of tea like short shorts, you know. Cold drink of water, such a sweet surprise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bam! She walks in. I'm like all for times it. With the, it yeah, looks like I'm gonna eat that pie. That's what I'm talking about. Hire this man. <laughs> w entrance. So you <laughs> get me on that show. So, Ahsoka show is pretty much introducing Thrawn to live action, and Thrawn inevitably is like the new emperor he's the heir to the yeah. empire i think in season two of ahsoka luke will be there i think mara jade will be there with thrawn and i think that's how they should introduce things because obviously unfortunately with ray stevenson passing balen skull like this is it for him there needs to be the other side with that. So you, you're kind of out of choices, and the choices are Dark Side Ezra, Starkiller, or Mara Jade. Because I do think Shin Fati is going to turn to the light. Oh, that's sad. I don't know what it is, but Sith female is just, I, I don't know. Um, I really wanted to see Ezra turn to the dark side, dude. That's kind of what I wanted to see. Like, especially in Rebels, like, they hinted at it, like, so many times. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite is when he's looking at the Sith holocron, and it's shining in his eyes, and it's just And his eyes Sith are kind of doing the Sith eyes, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a fire moment. What I'm thinking with that, though, is he's on the breaking point. Maybe he does, like, in a moment turn and gets the Sith eyes. Who shows up then? The Force Ghost of Kanan. And we see live-action Kanan, like, talk him down from the window, you know? I think Kanan is the one person that could ever bring Ezra back because I think he can even guilt trip and remind him, like, you're here because of me. Like, you are a Jedi because of me. Don't do this. You have too much potential. Gave up my you have too much power. You, Come on, man. Like, yeah, I never gave up on you, so how are you giving up on yourself? I think Ezra I think Bridger, Loki has... Sabine, you think? I think you... Dies. <laughs> and that turns him to the dark side. I could low-key see Thrawn executing Sabine. So many people would riot. <laughs> not like not so only is she people. a rebel, she's a Mandalorian. Who did the Empire hate? Mandos. And they she's a Jedi. Them. They actually feared the Mandos because united they are actually bulky and scary. <laughs> like... Yeah. And I mean, she's a Jedi. 
The lightsaber is a relic. He's a collector of art. Ezra built his, so it's art. I th Sneaky prediction. Sabine Wren gets offed. She gets offed. By who? A Sith. Either... I don't think it's going to be Mara Jade. I think it's going to be someone else. But I think Thrawn is going to have like some Force user as a little sidekick. I think that's going to happen. Because Rook is dead. There's a little, uh, his little animal type assassin. So he needs a new assassin. I think he's going to have some sort of lost Sith or something. With a red Here saber. Comes. So... Big question for the Ahsoka show. I want to know from you guys, what animated character do you think has had the best live-action portrayal? We'll start with you, Juder. Hondo. 100%. Best live-action portrayal. You a motherfucker for going to me first. So I wasn't ready. <laughs> um, God damn. <laughs> Gotta keep you on your toes. God damn, I hate you. Oh, I'm sleeping. Caught me looking at Squiggo. There's a lot of characters to pick from, man. Yeah, I know, but I don't. None of them? Not from like Rebels or Clone Wars? You are a two percenter. Nothing. Yeah, Bo-Katan. Give me Bo-Katan. Two percenters were rising up two times. Yeah. <laughs> and that one was kind of a. Bo-Katan? Yeah. Season three is fucking. It's like when John Cena came back at the Royal Rumble. That shit was What do you ass. do? What do you do? I hated. I thought I thought Cat Bane had a really good uh intro. transition. True. And intro. Love Cat Bane. This man came walking through the desert. You see that hat and you're like, it's him. It's gotta <laughs> be him. What about you, Fred? Um, being all serious. Um, I feel like Anakin was really good. Um, maybe like Shakti as well was pretty cool. I like Shakti. You know me, I like Shakti. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, probably one of those. I can't really think of, because like when it comes to Rebels, I feel like obviously we haven't seen a lot from that. I, I mean, Zeb, actually. Zeb. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout out to Zeb. I'm, I'm going to pick Zeb. Yeah, Zeb was W. That was pretty cool. Zeb's a sick one. I would you, say. I would say General Grievous. Because the original Grievous was a 2D animated character, you know? And they developed him into. A live action CG character obviously but they made him look fucking dope as hell I wish you could have yeah I wish you could have seen him be more of a 
a killer, but that's why you have shows like The Clone Wars. Um, and if not Grievous, I do think Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka is unreal. I think she's great, and it'll be nice to see a whole series chocked full of tons of moments with her. I think it'll be really cool. Ahsoka's, she was one of my favorite characters when the Clone Wars originally came out, and to see it in live action now, to see she has her own show and how far it's come, like, because I think Clone Wars is 15 years old, you know? Damn. I was 10 when that came out. So it's been a long time. It's been a really long time. And it's really cool to see how far this character has come because people didn't really like her apparently, you know? So it's it's nice to see. Um, a couple characters that I do want to have a little bit of discourse with is, and this is like legitimately, this is our theory section of the pod. And this is legit theories because we know very little about these characters just what they've told us balen skull and shin hadi so this is a master and an apprentice balen skull survived order 66 escaped to the unknown regions and is now working as a missionary and is under the payment of thrawn do you guys think that these kind of characters are more impactful than just throwing a dart and saying, oh, this is like in Mandalorian when we saw the guy who played Jar Jar just as a random Jedi who <laughs> saved Grogu, you know? Is this more of a believable character that you could buy into? Or is this something that maybe you're not a big fan of? Definitely a teaser of Darth Jar Jar, hundred <laughs> percent. We're getting Darth Jar Jar, and I can't wait. In what capacity would that work, though? Darth Jar Jar, we're gonna see his fall to insanity. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't actually set up the uh, the Empire, but um, but him like unknowingly falling into that hole kind of led him to the dark side and then boom see him just start like murking kids you know like Anakin he's like yo Anakin killed some kids to become a Sith I'm gonna do the same 100% it would be funny if they just replicated Revan's arc but with Jar Jar like Re like how Revan had amnesia Jar Jar has amnesia <laughs> <laughs> Does and he's like, oh, I got banished from <laughs> me homeworld. He's a crazy Sith Lord because of his amnesia. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I got banished. Misa banished. Like fucking our boy's Albar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> back home and he's fucking banished. What about you, MJ? How do you feel about these new characters? Uh, I definitely feel like they're not placeholders. Um... The, from the moment we saw him in the trailer, I, I felt like a spark of like significance, mm -hmm. especially with the orange sabers, something we haven't really seen before besides video games. Um, and Shin Hadi, man, Shin Hadi. What a hottie. She, I really feel like she <laughs> is going to fall more to the dark side than what she already is now. 
See, that's like that fair. orange blade of hers is going to turn red. I think she'll make it bleed in the show, I, which I think would be a fire scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's many ways this show can go. Yeah, I've always been thinking that, man. I was thinking that she could be... Because I think like, they have to kill him off. They have to somehow kill off Ray Stevenson. Because mm -hmm. yeah, the... as a guy, right, because he's a great guy, you can't give him the Gina Carano treatment. Like, oh, they're just off doing their own thing. You can't do that. You kind of have to do what they did with Leia and kill them off in an honorable way. I'm wondering, though, does that propose more of a fall for Shin? Or does that say, well, I never really got a chance? Because I don't think they're, I don't think they're bad characters, right? I think they're legitimately just chilling in the middle, force sensitives, just working, you know? I don't think that they're honest I, living. Yeah, I don't think they're either light nor dark. They're just training within the force. But that does put her on a teeter-totter, which like do does she fall to the light? Does she rise to the dark? I think that there's going to be an opportunity where she can join them on the light. And that's when she cuts off Sabine's head. Damn. Because how I don't know. I just think that she she's got a she kind of has to carry the mantle, and they need to probably bring her back for season two or do something with her. You know, maybe she becomes Mara Jade's master. Who knows? But I'm excited for it, man. I'm really excited for it. Um, moving into our mailbag galactic dispatches segments, we have a few questions from you guys. Shout out to all of you for sending them in. Um, and our first question is for the Juder. This one's coming in from Michael in Milwaukee. How might Ezra and Sabine's romantic storyline in the Sokotano series tie into broader themes of love, loyalty, and sacrifice within the Star Wars universe? I th that's a good one. Um, I think it'll be similar to the Padme Anakin arc where Ezra, I really like, I really like the theory that Ezra would turn dark due to Sabine's death. Um, so I think it will, it'll mirror things that we've seen. You know what I mean? Valid. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty valid, yeah. As far as, like, I'm concerned, um, Star Wars romances always kind of let, they, they let me down a little bit, you know, sometimes. Like, um... With the whole like love triangle between Leia, Luke, and Han, it always felt kind of weird, you know. Mm -hmm. So as far as the love goes, it's cool if it like drives some storyline, but 
like I don't really care that much about Ezra and Sabine's love story, you know? Like, if they end up together, cool for them. If it drives Ezra to become a better character, awesome. Even if the other way around, if Ezra, sometimes to Ezra and it made Sabine, like, this crazy badass, like, Jedi slash Mandalorian, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm down for any of those. I just, I, I really don't care about their love story at this point. Like, that's just me being real you know like that's fair star wars love stories let me down a lot bro like anakin and padme was cool but then they had Anakin do some demi stuff yeah and then like i said and then even with like ray and ben i i did not like that either like it was cool that they're a force dyad but like when they they're like kissing and shit it was weird it felt weird to me you know mm-hmm. felt so. forced yeah, it's how I feel about it, you know? Like, Star Wars just let me down too many... That's fair. I understand that. What about you, MJ? Yeah, I gotta I gotta relate and agree to everything Fred's saying. You know, I mean, I can give two bent the doo-doos about Ezra and Sabine's love story. <laughs> um, Ray and Ben's was just a failure and a forced romance, I feel. The only real romance I actually cared about was Anakin and Padme's. Yeah. And at the end of the day, she died in a kinky way. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much, man. Pretty much. It's just sad to see things that you know could be just so much better. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of what the Ray and Ben stuff was. But what about you, Jute? How you feel about the Ezra Sabine? Um, I feel like it could help. I want to see some sacrifice happen. Yes. Say either Ezra or Sabine have to make a tough decision of killing one of another to survive. You know, mm-hmm. like shit. Sabine just strikes Ezra down. Some saw type shit. <laughs> or say Ezra's in a blind rage, kills Sabine, and then. Homeboy's ghost? Kane and Josh? Like in a blind race, he force chokes her or something, you know? (laughs) He's having visions. Mm -hmm. Anakin, I'm having your kids. Why are you choking me? Night terrors? He's having a night terror. Uh, Sabine's like, no, don't do it. And Ezra just, boom, he's like killing Thrawn. But in reality, he kills Sabine. Oh, okay. So, like, he... Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Some fuck shit. That'd be nuts, dude. Like, he's literally going... Delusional. Like, when, uh, Kanan was fighting the... Motherfuckers in the temple. Yeah. That type shit. Yeah, okay. Do you think that there could be, like, a... Canon way of explaining... Who, what, where, when, why it was going on like that? Because that's that the one spice. Spice? The, the drug? I don't know. Yeah. Like, the spice runner bullshit. Like, say, like a bounty hunter that works for Thrawn comes in and gives him Mr. some Sam crazy spice. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Pop the perk. Going crazy. <laughs> so he's he's high on acid and that's how he kills uh Sabine. Right. I mean fuck. That's only that's way out. Been hitting them down. death sticks a little too hard, you know? I think it could work. I like how that one bitch 
shot the motherfucker and he disintegrated like that. Mm -hmm. There you go. I think it could work for sure. Next question we have from George in Santa Clara, California. Um, what up, George? With the upcoming Ahsoka series on the horizon, I'm curious to know how you think this new chapter will honor the legacy of characters such as Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine, while also pushing the boundaries of storytelling in a galaxy far, far away. May the Force be with you all. Solid question there from George. Um, well, uh, I think I'll take this one first, you know? Mm -hmm. Um yeah so i um first of all may the force be with you as well you know uh safe travels and all that stay safe you know yeah covid may be dying down but it's not gone yet guys you know so but anyway um i think there's a lot that I don't really know still about Ezra and Sabine specifically so I'd like the show to address a lot of that Mm -hmm. um i'd also like to see more about ahsoka obviously i've seen a lot of ahsoka uh clone wars i've seen ahsoka i've seen ahsoka and other like series and whatnot you know but there's still a lot of things that we don't know about ahsoka tana you know yeah like she went through a, a crazy journey throughout her life i think out of all the star wars characters hers has to be one of the wildest right got raises a padawan under one of the greatest jedi to ever exist also mm -hmm. one of the greatest Sith to ever exist as well. Trained by that Jedi, obviously. Um, you know, and then she went off on her own because she didn't agree with the Jedi, the Jedi way, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of just came up on her own. She's really been through it, you know. And I feel like this is a chance for them to make Ahsoka, like, a legend, you know. Like, she's already in that on that class of, like, icon but make her a full-on legend in star wars you know like she's such a good character she started off as like this like mm, okay kind of character and now she's like got the chance to become a legend of star wars like everyone's talking about ahsoka tano they they're talking about like a big character in star wars like throughout like the entire you know what i'm saying like she yeah. needs to do something big in the series basically i i hope they do something good with her so and then more Ezra stuff, you know, more Ezra stuff, more Sabine. I want to know more about them. So that's about it for me. Super solid from take. the show. Super solid take. Um, how you feel about it, MJ? Um, with this new chapter, um, I definitely think the highest honor is uh, Ezra and Sabine getting their live screen adaptations. Mm -hmm. um ahsoka already had her shine and as uh fred said you know she's been through it um i feel like she will reach legendary status uh at the end of all this um and the boundaries for storytelling i think um definitely are gonna be pushed forward in the sense of thrawn is not your typical villain thrawn is a villain who's not one or two even three he's 10 steps ahead <laughs> and True. Yeah. that's solid in itself so may the force be with you yeah really good question uh jute so what i want to see from this show with these three characters is that <clears throat> hold on one more all right 
damn. I want to go back to what you're talking about with Thrawn as well. Like, um, that's actually, like, really true. Like, a lot of people love Thrawn. Like, even, mm-hmm. like, casual Star Wars fans, they love Thrawn. He's such a good character. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, yeah, MJ's definitely right that he's, like, that character is 10 steps ahead. And we need to see that in this series for sure. Especially with Ilama playing in it. Yeah. You know? so. <laughs> I agree. And I think it's just one of those things with a character like Thrawn. He's an anti-hero for sure. Um, merely and simply because like people have so much love and appreciation for the guy. And it's it's again one of those characters that you love to hate, right? But you hate yeah. to love. <laughs> yeah, best way you can put it for sure. And everyone's excited to see him because we've all been such huge fans because Heir to the Empire has been out for decades, you know? It's yeah. been a thing forever and a day. So it's just one of those things that it's like, wow, like this is a le- like this is a huge deal. There's people who were fans of Heir to the Empire who are no longer with us. My dad was a huge fan of Heir to the Empire. He owned the books and he won't get to see Thrawn in live action, you know? So like, it's unfortunate. It really sucks that these things do take their place at the same time though. It's, I think really important for these kind of shows to have their, their place in the mantle. And you have characters like even Ahsoka Tano and Ezra Bridger who were fan favorites that everyone loved. Everyone loved Ezra. Ezra was a like fresh of breath air. He was literally like Luke Skywalker 2.0, but written in a way that you didn't even like ever really compare them. They had damn near they were born in the same exact time around Empire Day. They were developed to be early and young Jedi. They had masters that were Order 66 survivors. They had ways that they were able to adapt and overcome not having parents. And yeah, Obi-Wan and Kanan are kind of similar too now. Like, if you really think about it, they're super selfless characters. Mm-hmm. You know, they always put like everyone else above themselves in like everything they do essentially so i can definitely see that comparison yeah for sure everything that they do is for their padawans like if you really stop and look at what obi-wan does obi-wan literally puts his life on hold to train anakin yep while he literally just became a jedi like that's wild it really is wild and it's sad as hell too because you knew that he was going to run off and be with Duchess Satine and because he doesn't yeah. get that chance anymore like this is it I have to I have to train this kid I promise Qui-Gon so I'm excited to see what Ezra brings in live action more than the other two because we've seen Ahsoka and I'm confident about Sabine Ezra can go either way, but I think it's gonna go good. I'm I'm actually I'm super excited for Ezra. Um, I'm good now. I got the frog on my throat. Alright, you good? I want to see what 
teachings Ahsoka is going to bring to Sabine. Yeah. From what she's learned from Kenobi. Oh, yeah, true. What she's learned from Anakin. Also, I want to see what Ezra is going to teach Sabine as well from what he learned from Kanan. That'd be pretty sick. He talked with Yoda. Yeah, like, how is, how is Sabine even going to fight? Is she going to fight like a Jedi or a Mandalorian? And if so, which, like, kind of, you know, what kind of fighting form is she going to use? That's, that's a good thing. Because, personally, right now, I... I like to stay away from trailers for sh movies, shows. Uh, I just want to go in blind, experience it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I don't. Trying to go in how... like Kanan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Sabine's <laughs> gonna be fighting somebody. I just want to see what teachings they have taught her and how she's gonna use those in the show. For sure. And I appreciate. I usually do that. I usually do that. But I've just been so excited for something new since Andor. That I have watched a couple of trailers here and there. Um, but it, it's, man, I think you've nailed it on the head, Juder. There's just so many different ways that we could get influence shown in this show. And I'm really excited to see how they do so, you know? It's going to be really exciting. Shit, maybe we get some flashbacks. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh... Ahsoka was getting gunned down by the five bofers. That'd be insane. That yeah. That'd be insane. Ahsoka hmm. taking shots from the five bofers. That's kind of sus, JT. Not gonna lie. A little bit, but we <laughs> did your father ever yeah. tell you <laughs> about Ahsoka Tado? <laughs> That'd be nuts. If there was one character. Of those three, though, that you had to put your stock into, who would it be? I'm going Sabine. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I hope she does some graffiti, too. Yeah, that'd be cool. See, yeah. some, see some art? I think the way that they kind of build it up is it's making it look like Sabine's going to be the the main, like, course, you know? Mm-hmm. That'd be nuts. Ahsoka's the appetizer, Sabine's the main course, and Ezra's the dessert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's gonna spray paint. Fuck Thrawn. All my homies hate Thrawn. Very <laughs> <laughs> good way to do it. You know who we're also missing talking yeah. about? Huh? That motherfucker Chopper. Where he at? What he doing? NLE Chopper? Yeah. Chilling with Hera, bro. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Is he still being a little murderous droid? Yes, sir. Yes. Still cussing motherfuckers out. Yep. yep. You know, only time will tell. Fuck you. Him and R2 talking shit in the corner, you know? <laughs> you got the next one, Fred? Yeah. Uh, next was Sophie in Manchester, up in the UK. Uh, she asks, what are the expectations for the interactions between Balin, Skell, or Skull, uh, Shinhadi, and Ahsoka Tano? in terms of character development and plot progression. I got this. Okay. Uh, the expectations are dummy high. Dummy dumb high. I mean, even before Ray Stevenson's passing, they were high. Now it's, in my opinion, even higher. Because mm -hmm. as Tebow was saying earlier, they have to do something in regards to his 
storyline. Are they going to kill him off? Are they going to give him the Cara Dune treatment? My God, they better not. But it, it's something in terms of the plot progression revolves around now Balin, in my opinion. Um, and Shin Hadi, I really think that the interaction between her and Ahsoka, I feel, well, it's actually her and Sabine. Um, I, I feel like either Shin or Thrawn is going to execute Sabine. That's my opinion. And we all praying on Sabine's downfall. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> Mando's really. Uh, I have a. I have a. Mm, an angering for Mandalorians like the Empire at the moment. <laughs> That's fair. I feel it. I feel it. Um, how you feel about these new cats, Jute? Do you think that it's gonna take? Uh, do you think we're gonna get some like in-season character? changes or how do you think the arc's gonna go oh um, i had to google who they were because i haven't seen the trailers mm -hmm. they look like they some bad mama jammers they oofus yeah they're definitely they oofus <laughs> the oofus maybe ahsoka could try to convince sin or balin to hey man you're working for a bad man like, hey, Once why are you killing Empire people? Falls, they're gonna kill you. Yeah. Join the light side, Shin. <laughs> you know how I think it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Balin was around in Order 66, so he knows of Anakin. Thrawn mm -hmm. knows who Anakin was. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they've had talks. Been like, yo over like a, a doobie or something you worked with anakin man no way man that was my guy the temple bro we used to play pool i'm gonna guess and then he slaughtered them all <laughs> i'm gonna guess ahsoka's gonna try and turn him and she's not gonna be with it and she's gonna kill balin i think shen yeah. kills the master a la rule of two type beat you know yeah that's my I, I feel prediction. that. I can see that. She is ferocious. Shin yeah. Hai. She's got that Ukrainian blood coursing through her veins. I think that's a sneaky prediction. Definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, you got the next Shin question, Hadi with the body. <laughs> Want to get naughty? So we got David out in Seattle asking the ahsoka tano series is set to delve deeper into the world between worlds a mystical concept introduced in star wars rebels how do you think this element will be incorporated into the narrative and what potential implications could it have for the broader star wars canon do you know much about that stuff juder was that when they went to the uh the temple it's time travel time travel. oh shit. in a simple in simple words yeah is this that with the three motherfuckers fighting each other? The light side, the middle motherfuckers, and the dark side? The no, different arc. Okay. Yeah. Damn. I don't even know what arc we're in. So in this Rebels, Rebels. Um, Ezra was able to unlock the door into the world between worlds. Which it is influenced by the father, son, and the daughter. But not in the sense of... Like, they had anything to do with it. They were just, like, the guardians of it. 
and it's like rainbow road essentially but each road leads to a door and each door has like a place in time that's happened before so in in the world between worlds you've seen ahsoka watch obi-wan and anakin on mustafar you've seen qui-gon jinn die like you see everything and you're able to hop in and influence things but ultimately ahsoka opts not to do so but palpatine figures out a way to get into it and they inevitably stop him from usage as far as we know so it's rumored that it's meant to be showcased in this show um Judah doesn't know too much because he hasn't seen any trailers. I have, I don't want to say much because I don't even know much anyways from just the trailers alone. But I hope that it doesn't have much to do with it because I hate time travel. I think it's lazy. I think when they introduced that into Endgame, you kind of just made everything that happened before useless. I think time travel is a terrible, horrible, ugly creation and it's just so lazy to be used inside of a show that you're trying to create things and if you can have a a, a fail safe like time travel to always be able to fall back on i think that's just kind of bullshit personally lazy writing yeah best way to put it so no i don't want this thing to have an effect on the show no not one bit. Stay far away from this. Make it a also non. Ahsoka kind of weird. She kind of weird for watching Anakin and Padme like that. You know, like what are you doing, Ahsoka? <laughs> Come on now. What, what are we looking at? Right, you're weird for that, Ahsoka. Next question. I'm done with this, but I can't believe it. MJ. Anyone have anything else to touch on that, MJ? Oh, you muted, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I got to agree with the endgame time travel. Once it was implemented, it was kind of like a disappointed feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So not all time travel-esque things are bad. It's just the way that it's presented, I think. Um, I feel like it could be done right. But at the same time, I feel like it's a seesaw, a little bit of weight on one side, and it can go either all the way up or all the way down. I don't think there is, with time travel, there is no medium. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's either you fail or you succeed. So it it really depends. I mean, from articles and stuff like that, we know Hayden is supposed to be in the show. And so, I mean... Like I said, it all depends on like how it's scripted and presented. It could be a win or it could be a loss. Yeah, I think they've already done what they can do already with it, where Ahsoka just decides, you know what, no, I'm not going to go mess with time. Like, that's not, like, what should be done here, you know? Like, so how many times are you going to do that, you know? Like, are you going to have Ezra, like, try to go back in time and stop Sabine from dying or something? And be like, you know what, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, it's like it's not going to end out well, you know? So I just leave it alone we've had our moment where ahsoka chose to do the right thing so leave it at that and i hope they do just leave it at that 
because you could do irreversible damage with these kind of institutions such as time travel like there's there's so much that could go wrong by just using it once why didn't you use it here why didn't you use it here why didn't you use it here so i hope that they i hope that they illustrate how bad of an idea that it is <laughs> that makes sense like oh ezra goes back in time now all of a sudden finn's a uh, <laughs> a first order clone <laughs> he could have had a prosperous life but now he's a first order clone because of it or mm -hmm. a trooper because of it you know <laughs> like oh damn you got us on the next one Judah. we got this one from olivia from mac and georgia is that georgia yeah Dave Filoni is known for his work on the Clone Wars and Rebels. Is heavily involved in the development of the Ahsoka series. What storytelling techniques and themes from his previous works do you anticipate carrying over into this new show? Um, I'll start on this one. Um, he's really, really good at creating arcs. He's really good at creating arcs and like following through with them. I haven't, there's not an arc in my mind that he's done or been re responsible for that I can think of that was a disappointment. Like you think of the Umbaran arc, you think of um, Ahsoka being ostracized from the Jedi. Those sorts of things happen for a reason and they create just such a, a beautiful experience watching these kinds of shows so i'm hoping that we get a form of those kinds of arcs arcs that make you like damn we just lost one of our favorite characters i hope that they like aren't gone for good and with that i think it's got to be through sabine red <laughs> and i think she's got to bite the dust ultimately Another Mando bites the dust. I feel you there. Mm -hmm. I think for me, like um, it's sort of like a, you know, you know that gif where um, where Buzz Lightyear's dapping up. <laughs> what do you yeah, <laughs> that's that's me, bro. You know, with Dave Filoni, like I I enjoyed the Clone Wars. Like Rebels was awesome. Rebels was sick. I saw. You know what I'm I saw just so good to me. One of those meme accounts that asked, "What's what's a better show, Rebels or Clone Wars?" And low key, that's a hard one for me. But if we're being yeah. honest. Take away like the nostalgia of Anakin Skywalker and Obi Wan. I guess yeah, it's probably probably Rebels. probably Rebels. If we're talking pure, yeah, pure storytelling, pure, pure story, yeah. Like, and this is a creative pure, pure story. Story wise, got Rebels, yeah. What do you think, MJ? Some Clone Wars. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly what like storytelling techniques there are, but um, the theme I can definitely see carrying over um is the the Rebels adaptations. Um, you know, with the whole Rebels crew. Um. I, I feel that it it mm, 
really trying to think about this one. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I feel you. Like, it's, it's a pretty, like, intricate question. Because, like, when you're talking about, like, this one guy and I just carrying on what he's been doing in series already and taking it into Ahsoka. But like mm-hmm. these series we're talking about are animated series, you know? Now we're talking about an IRL series, you know? Exactly. Like, there's a lot of stuff that he can't do now, you know? There's a mm-hmm. lot of yeah. stuff he can't do because animated is so easy. But with like CG and stuff, like you can't get it off the same way you would with mm-hmm. animation. So I definitely, mm-hmm. it's a tough question. But like, I'm sure he'll do his best, you know? So it's kind exactly. of in- implicate yeah so we just gotta hope you know that he puts in work Mm -hmm. he's our only hope the last hope (laughs) for real uh we got the next question here from liam in london uk shout out to the uk donnies we have a few of them on here uh we do appreciate you guys um Thrawn was originally introduced in the Star Wars Legends universe, and then actually, if we're going to call a spade a spade, expanded universe, but Legends nonetheless, and then brought into new canon through Star Wars Rebels. What are your expectations for how the Ahsoka series will continue his story? That's a good one. Um, yeah, that's a really good one. I'll actually kick us off here because um, we were talking about this earlier, right? Where, like, a lot of fans love Thrawn, you know, even casuals. Like, they see Thrawn, they're like, oh, this dude looks cool, mm-hmm. you know? And if you actually know anything about Thrawn, you know that he is that guy. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of expectations, man, coming into this. Like, a lot of people want to see Thrawn do done justice you know like he has to he has to be the same way he is throughout like his story and the in like the books and everything and all the series you know like he he's got to be like a really good villain uh i'm sure that puts a lot of pressure on the actor that's playing him i can't remember his name right now lars uh, if anyone else remembers i don't know but um lars mickelson okay yeah. mm-hmm. There's luckily a, he definitely has a lot of pressure on his shoulders right now because a lot of people want to see Thrawn yeah luckily yeah. he played Thrawn in Rebels yeah so he kind of like he'll like, have a grasp on the character we hope yeah like we've we've heard his voice as the character now we need to see him portray the character you know yeah. like, he needs yeah. to embody Thrawn. But I feel like a lot of voice actors are method actors anyway, right? So we will probably see him, like, t- walk the walk as well as talk the talk, you know, to kind of... But yeah, like, he definitely has a lot of expectations. I think he probably will he will meet our expectations at the very least, you know? Mm-hmm. But I want I want to see a lot out of him, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's got to put in a shift. Elon will meet you. Yeah, he's got to put in a shift for sure. But, uh, yeah, man, just portray Thrawn how a lot of us fans want to see him portrayed. And, and that's my expectation, essentially. That's all I want. Yeah, do justice to the character I, that we all love. And I, I, I think he will. I think he will. Reason being, these, like, act, voice actors especially, they tend to get pretty passionate about the projects that they work on. They they love embodying the character. And he Yeah, whether is, it's, like, shows, videos. 
Yeah. Yeah, and he's one of those voice actors who he's done things outside of voice acting as well. He's been in a fair few things, so I'm on the and I just googled him. He's six foot four, so he's going to be imposing as well, you know. So damn six four. Yeah. Nice. I think we're gonna get a decent decent show out of him. How do you feel about it, Jute Jute? I'm hoping we learn more about the Chiss. Yeah. That's a good point. And I also wanna see my boy Eli Vento. That'd be cool. Only a motherfucker that could interpret what he was saying in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's still kicking it and makes an appearance in the show. Do you know who that is, MJ? Nah. So there was a, uh, an Imperial, Imperial cadet who did a lot of studies on like the outer rim and, um, like ancient species and stuff who gotcha. knew how to translate what Thrawn was saying when he was speaking in his, uh, cheese language. Chitonese. Yeah. And it was really cool because they, Thrawn as he ranked up and ranked up and ranked up was like guess what i'm bringing my homie with me and i think he ended up as like a corporal but he was always thrawn's left hand man like he was always at thrawn's beck and call and i'm at a part in heir to the empire where uh eli vanto is teaching thrawn how to play gin rummy yeah, yeah. so it's a really fun Really fun character, really fun book. Well, my expectations, I mean, they're, I think they're really high because it's not just Dave Filoni that's working on this project. You also got Timothy Zahn, who is a producer for it all, from this to the movie. So I... Lars Mickelson, as Fred was saying, he's got to portray it, and I think that he will give it his all. Um, but with also the help of like Timothy Zahn in the back, uh, guiding, I think it's going to be flawless. Something like Thanos level of portrayal, you know, with Josh Brolin being Thanos. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just can't wait for this show. Like I'll, I'll step away from like the the nerd in me. I'm just hyped to see this show, man. This show is gonna be different. The show is gonna be extra. The show is gonna be special. Um. But yeah, simple as that. I'm. I'm setting my expectations low because I just want to see what they create. You know. I just want to see what they do with it. So my only expectations are that they have fun, create a good show, and it's an, it's a good experience for us. But solid question, Liam. You got the next one, uh, Fred? Yeah, I think that... Yeah. Yeah, I got us with the next one. Uh, so it's from Ryan... Scotland. Damn, Scotland. Okay, another UK boy. All right. Your voice uh, cut out. What did you say? Ryan says, uh, my favorite characters are Scuba Steve in, <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, uh, from Ryan Wiley in Dalkeith, Scotland. Okay. 
Yeah. So uh, he says, uh, my favorite characters are Scuba Steve and Jedi Survivor. Linus Mosk from the the Scottish Primo Sergeant who helped uh, Cyril and Andor. Mm-hmm. Those are some really uh, nitpicked characters, huh? says, do you think that there will be there'll ever be a main character with a weird accent like my own? Cheers, lad. <laughs> well, uh, cheers to you too, uh, Ryan. Very interesting question. What do you think, MJ? You think that they could ever make a, a show with a main character with a Buckwild accent? I mean, instantly my mind goes to Andor with his with his accent. But at the same my mind is going to Skeleton Crew. Yeah. For uh to have a main character with I wouldn't call it weird. I would just call it foreign. Yeah. Uh, um I feel like a lot of Star Wars characters. Yeah. That's the beauty of Star Wars Kenobi, too. You know, like they have UK accents now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kenobi's Scottish. Um mm-hmm. Qui-Gon was Scottish. Diego Luna, who portrays Andor, he's Mexican. Um, ha- everyone in the Empire is British, you know? So, yeah, I definitely think that there could be a main character with a quote-unquote weird accent. Oh, boy, do I got a good one. What you got? Give me, like, a little animated adventure with uh, Babu Frick. <laughs> I love that little fucker. Hey! <laughs> Only the part of it is ready. Only part about well, season three of Mando look. that I loved. We're seeing Babu Frick and the boys. <laughs> give me, give me a little animated series of them fixing shit. Yeah, facts. Could you imagine like? Imagine like a Ewok or like a Wookiee with a Scottish accent, bro. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be wild. That'd be funny. Ewoks. That's even that's another thing that we haven't explored since episode six. So Ewoks would be something cool. But solid question, Ryan. Solid question. Uh, MJ, you got us. This is our last question of the pod. We want to say thank you to everyone who sent one in. And if you would like to send in questions, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Star Wars TAP and let us know in the comments section or tweet at us. So this comes from Joseph out in Boston, Mass. Boo. He's asking, uh, Thrawn's calculated and analytical nature contrasts with Ahsoka's more intuitive and adaptable approach. How might this contrast lead to clashes or unexpected collaboration between the two characters? That's a that's a question and a half. I feel like Big word. Thrawn is going to somehow lead Ahsoka into a trap. Fact. And he's going to already think, oh, she's a Jedi. She's going to flip onto this. Mm-hmm. It's going to fucking collapse. <laughs> she's going to try to pick something up. Oh. There's a fucking minigun underneath. Stall the table leg in half, so when she jumps on it, breaks. <laughs> this man is ten steps ahead, like MJ said earlier. Mm-hmm. And we Fox. know that Ahsoka is very, like, impulsive. She's a lot like Anakin mm-hmm. in that. I, they're just such contrasting characters, man. And they're just such a, like, 
really good characters to pit up against each other. Each other. I'm hype. I'm really hype. Thrawn's great, you know. And Ahsoka's great in it of itself. Just, I, I'm really excited to see because their contrast is so different, but at the same time, they're both aliens. They're both very powerful in the sense of Thrawn is the heir to the Empire. Ahsoka is, to her knowledge, one of the last Jedi's out there. It's going to be... It's, and she's Fulcrum in the Rebellion, you know? It's going to be very, very, very... It's going to be fun. <laughs> this is where the fun begins, you know? How you feel about it, Fred? Yeah, I reckon uh, Thrawn's going to set a devious trap. He's going to... He's going to grab her lightsaber and throw it into a, a drying machine. And as soon as she goes into the dryer to reach for it, she gets stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good to go. <laughs> now, nah, I think, uh, I, think uh, <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, it's definitely going to be Thrawn at least like three, four steps. I, I, I know. The character it, yeah. is, you know, he's methodical. He's very, he thinks everything through before he executes. So, yeah, like, he's, he's definitely going to be just causing Ahsoka problems, left, right, and center. And I'll say it. I think um, he might also try to, either him or maybe, like, um, uh-huh. If Thrawn was in charge of the Battle of Endor, Empire in four, you know? Ain't no way uh, the Rebels for, are really. blowing up the Death Star if Thrawn is in charge. But Admiral Piet, he was too busy looking at Bosk's feet. Lizard <laughs> 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 toes. Yeah. <laughs> Why ain't he got shoes on? Why? toed. Anywho, with that all being the said, scales for free. That is the end of part one. When you hear our voices again, we will be talking about how Ahsoka went. So, does anyone have any final? Any predictions, anything that you want to throw out before we ever see Ahsoka for the first time ever? Thrawn fracture kicks Ezra Bridger into a hole. <laughs> that sounds better than what I was going to say. I was going to say R.I.P. Sabine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think, um, I think uh, Hadi with the body is going to put in work. You know, she's going to... Uh... Try to convince uh, Sabine to kind of join the dark side, whereas Ahsoka is going to try and keep her towards the light side. You know, in a confrontation somewhere down the line. I think this is going to be a season five to Rebels, and I'm very happy about that. And with that being said, we will segue to the post show, and we'll see you there. So the Ahsoka show is done and dusted and I am here to bring you my review of the first two episodes. Might I say, some of the best Star Wars that I have seen in a long time. There are two characters in particular that I am super, super attracted to in the sense of I can't wait to see where they go. 
and they're just two characters that immediately captivated me and that is Balin Skull and Shin Hati. I think that these two are <laughs> head and shoulders above the rest of the characters right now simply because of how well they fit their character, the two actors. Um, and I was watching the show with JT and with our boy Scrim, and Scrim kept asking questions like, oh, like, who's this actor? Who's this? Who's that? And I kept having to say, hey, don't take me out of it, man. Because I was so invested in it. Every scene from the first two episodes was magnificent. There was never a point in time where I was like, damn, this is filler. Or damn, this is, you know, taking up way too much of my time. None of that ever happened. And that's what's crazy, right? There wasn't a minute moment of filler. There wasn't a scene that I felt dragged on too far. There wasn't a part of the show that I wish got cut. This was an excellent, excellent first two episodes, and I think that it was timed magnificently. I think the fact that we got two episodes, about 48 minutes a pop, and then about 40 minutes is excellent, right? I think that this is a magnificent show. I think they're doing absolute bits. And I can't wait to see where we go next. Now, I'm not going to do a thorough breakdown like a lot of folks do. Because I think it's just played out and that's not the kind of thing that I want to do on my channel. But what I do want to say is I am feeling blessed today <laughs> to have watched the Ahsoka show. Rebels came out in... What would it be like six years ago it finished? And I've been waiting to see the continuation of that story for a hot minute. A hot minute. And it's gotten to the point where we are starting to... I feel like we're starting with Andor, with... The finale of Kenobi, I think we're starting to get kind of spoiled, you know. And then we get a show like Ahsoka. Man. Man. I'm really hype. I'm really happy. And I'm feeling really good about the show so far. Some things that I really loved were just how in-universe it felt. I think the acting was superb. I think the directing was outstanding. Huge credit and kudos to Dave Filoni for producing and directing and showcasing his character on the grandest stage of them all. And I ain't talking WrestleMania. I'm talking the Ahsoka show. This man really went and made one of my favorite debuts of a Disney Plus show. I want to say ever. I just, I resonated with each and every one of the characters. I understood what was going on. I understood how things were going on. 
and there wasn't a single point in time that I was wishing that the show would speed up. There was literally times where I was like, damn, let me settle into this scene a little bit because we were just moving bang, 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 bang. But it felt like it was in such a nice flow that it made it work. So with the Ahsoka show, in the first episode, we are diagnosed with a great show. Plain and simple. Episode 2 only went on to support that. I think that the two episodes wove together very nicely. I think we're going to get something intricately different in Episode 3 based off of where we are left off. And I want to say a huge thank you to Dave Filoni for making a fun Star Wars show that I can watch with my friends and do a review on. So huge plaudits and huge congratulations if there could be one thing of one thing i i took away from it i think rosario dawson is gonna need a little bit of time to really settle into the role of ahsoka but i'm very confident that she's gonna do so sabine wren was magnificent i think her current storyline is a beautiful one i think it's a beautiful one i think she knows what she's doing and she's doing it for the right reasons and we got to see chopper we got to see a lot of harrison doula and i'm really excited to see where this story is going to take us i'm really excited it's one of those things like I said earlier in the podcast, you know, it's one of those shows that you're going to be like, damn, like we really just got that. And that's how I am feeling coming out of the show. Like, damn, we really just got to watch that. Like, it was a blessing. I feel honored. And I'm through the moon with how the show has kicked off. And the direction that we are going with the show. The only thing that I would seriously sit here and like think about is, damn, did we really just go two episodes without a single mention of Grand Admiral Thrawn? And they were still fire? Yeah. We did. And they mentioned Thrawn. Right? They mentioned Thrawn, but not to the extent that I thought that they might. And what's beautiful about it, what's beautiful about it, is they were able to create these two episodes, and Thrawn did not have to be in these episodes to make them that good. You know what I mean? It's outrageous how talented that these folks are at Lucasfilm. And I feel lucky that I was able to watch this show, truthfully. I feel very lucky. There's nothing that... There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I feel lucky. I feel immense gratitude. I think that the... 
planets that they visited were beautiful. I think the introduction was a really good pace for an introduction. It's kind of an, it was a hook. It was an attention grabber and it was just a really good show, man. And I really appreciated it. I don't think that there needed to be anything buckwild over the top because what we got was insane. Like the first two scenes, you get lightsaber fights. How cool is that? We haven't seen lightsaber fights since the finale of Kenobi. You know, so I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty happy about this. And I can't wait to see where this show goes because this show quite literally is doing bits. And I hope that everyone here sees it and understands that because the show is freaking awesome. <laughs> this show is freaking awesome. And I'm really just ecstatic and proud to be a Star Wars fan today. Um, but yeah, that is my spoiler-free review of Ahsoka. Let me know in the comment section below how you guys are feeling about it. And with that all being said, it's been your boy Sotiko. I do appreciate each and every single one of you. And above all else, guys, make sure to stay safe. Tell your mother that you love her. And with peace, knowledge, and serenity, may the Force be with you because I am Audi 500. Peace.